What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. This is your Monday show. I am this little chemical, and this is we're back to our Monday format um, this week uh, for one week at least. Uh, next week's next Monday. I, I will make this clear, um, just so you guys know the schedule. Next Monday, that show will come out later in the day on Monday. Because I'm not going to record it until after I see All In. All In, that, that's what the entire show will be, is All In. That's it. That's all there is to talk about next week, in my opinion. Which is a show that will officially break every single wrestling legitimate record ever. Um, it's already done it. With the, without us even seeing the show yet. We don't know the official air quotes, air quotes, you're going to see air quotes, real count yet. I'm sure we'll get a fake count, uh, but then the, the real count will come out. But either way, the, whatever real count they set will be the largest attendance ever. And you know WWE will try to top that and probably will top that. Uh, will AEW be able to, it doesn't matter. At this point, if you are an AEW fan, if you're a WWE fan, this is good for wrestling. This is great for wrestling. And even number, even the Attitude Era couldn't hit numbers like this. So yeah, while TV ratings may be a thing that are of a... I will say they're a thing of the past only because I still know how important they are. But the reality is that if, people, if their live gates are going to do this, I, I, I have no clue how much... 85, 90,000 people in one building, how much revenue that brings to us. I don't know. We're going to find out, but it's going to be millions of dollars. That's something that we need in these economies urgently and immediately and desperately. And so we're going to do predictions on this show too, because I'm not going to do them later this week. I'm going to do them today. Um, we, there's a lot we got to get through, but I just... Because I wrote my notes, because when I wrote these notes, or like some of these notes earlier in the week, they hadn't broken WrestleMania 32 record, what WrestleMania 32 record, which was the most legit record WWE had. And then by the time we got to, I think, Friday, they broke it. And actually, I'm going to talk about something real quick. So next Sunday, we're going to be doing a match of the month. We're doing it two weeks early. So there will be no first Sunday of the September. This will be match. And I'm doing something kind of unique. I want to try it. I'm doing it as a road to Wembley, and I've picked, I've chosen five different people or five different talents: Chris Jericho, Tony Storm, FTR, Swerve Strickland, and Adam Cole. I chose those names because they came from WWE or the Independents, but I wanted to show how important this road to this event is, and. In my original draft of that, it was going to be Cody Rhodes in it, but he won't be at the show, even though he's a very important part of it. And, and I just feel like some of these people that, if you listen to the stories, 
that they had to get here, it's something that I don't think we could have imagined. And think about how crazy this is. When Tony Khan announced Wembley Stadium for All In, we legit thought he was, I'm not going to say all of us, but he, a lot of people thought he was legit ignorant. And was like, yo, this guy. This guy. And they did it with the, they actually sold 75 before a match was even announced. So they were going to, they were meant to break this record. And now we're going to start seeing even more stadium shows. And you know, here's my thing. I hope that AEW starts running more overseas as well. So that way they can get some of these big crowds and some of these huge gates that WWE is getting. Because WWE is hot right now. They're selling out shows of not almost selling out. Now, is AEW doing the same thing? No, they're not. But I will say this. And if we're being real, we've gotten two straight weeks of bland. Uh, this week had nothing to do with Bloodlines on SmackDown. It was about, all about Edge, which is all, which was cool for him. But if you think about the storylines that's going on in WWE, they're, just, they're, they're bland. There's, there's not much going on there. AEW, same. You know, um, right now it's like a, for AEW, it's a very important period. Because they're now dropping two pay-per-views back-to-back weeks. All Out is their WrestleMania. We know two matches for it. We'll get to those in a second. But this is, this is, this is definitely the most important pay-per-view. And whether, no matter what you think about what it looks like on paper... It's going to do big business. It's already done big business. And I think, despite what we've seen, I think the car will be pretty good. But yes, if I'm being 100% honest with you, it looks very disappointing on paper. But when I think about it, is it any more disappointing than sometimes when we get that those our, some of our favorite wrestlers in multi-man matches because everyone has to get on the card? You know what? I'm much rather see everyone get on the card. Even though... Someone like Keith Lee is not going to be on the card. Someone like Miro is not going to be on the card. And that's unfortunate. But I just want to start off by by starting off with a positive because there's a lot of negative this week. A lot, a ton of negative this week. But the most positive thing I say is wrestling fans are winning. We don't need the tribalism. Like personally, I've had people ask me. How can you watch WWE? How can you watch AEW? I like wrestling. You guys don't you guys don't understand. I grew up in a really sweet spot in life where I know what it is to write a letter. <laughs> I know what a beeper is. I know what a cell phone is that it looks like a brick on your fucking face. I remember a time where you actually had to go out and play or actually go to your friend's house and knock on the door and be like, yo, let's get that no mercy in. It wasn't that online connection. And I'm a young guy. I'm only 33. I'm a very young guy. But I know those time periods. And growing up, just just enjoying wrestling, enjoying comic books, enjoying, you know, this, um, even for the Attitude Era. Think about this. WCW Saturday night it was only an hour. It was 6:05 to 7:05. It was one fucking hour. It was. It didn't feel like enough. So, to me, there, 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 there didn't need to be tribalism because 
you couldn't really watch ECW while you watched WWE or WCW because guess what? ECW in my market didn't because I was living in Maryland at the time. ECW didn't come up to 3 in the morning. No competition at 3 in the morning except for my sleep, which I didn't get much of it on those Saturday nights. Being able to watch it or saying, you know what, F it. I'm going to record Raw, watch WCW this week, record WCW, watch Raw this week, and then sell those tapes, but still watch both. I I I, I don't need it. I don't need to be tribalistic. I can enjoy it all, cause guess what? Everything on AEW ain't good. Everything on WWE is not good. Let's make those things clear right there. So, this is good for wrestling. This is amazing for wrestling. Congratulations to us wrestling fans. Unfortunately, as we get into the show now, there's been so much negative this week, including some of you wrestling fans. Cash Wheeler, it was announced that he was arrested during a, uh, he turned himself in. Apparently, it was a road rage incident um, weeks ago. And he just turned himself into the authorities. He's been cooperating with the authorities. There's a mugshot out there and everything. Um, according to the, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but according to the report, he flashed a weapon at some people who recognized him. Um, look here. We all make mistakes. We don't know what this dude did or did not do. And the judgment and the frustration I see, people were like, he's going to screw this match up. First of all, no one ever said the match was screwed up. They didn't take his passport. This is clearly his first offense. I don't think we've ever even known him to ever be in trouble or FTR, anything but to get in trouble. This is clearly a learning lesson for him. But also, more importantly, let's make sure this fucker is okay. Let's make sure these uh, people that are in part of this situation are okay first before we think about fuck. Yes, it would be great to see that match in front of over 8,000 people. Yes. At the end of the day, if this dude's out there doing stuff or not doing stuff, we need to make sure everyone in this situation is okay. That's the key thing. Is everybody okay? Seems like it. Either way, he's going to take this, and he's going to have to learn a lesson if he did these things, if he pulled a weapon. You know, and he may get suspended after All Out, or All In, excuse me. We don't know. Right now, just been he just he just turned himself in, and he's, he's and he's um, cooperating. Not saying this is not a big deal. Not saying this is no deal. This is a deal. But until we get the facts, which I know the internet really does not like, look at some of this Trump shit going on right now, which is hilarious, we should probably keep our mouths shut. Just saying. Speaking of more drama in the CMTR thing, CM Punk. As you guys know, last week on this show was Celebration of Hip Hop 50. So, no. I had some people ask me if I was going to do an emergency episode. No! I was not doing a fucking emergency episode because I wasn't fucking surprised. CM Punk, at the end of Collision two weeks ago, sees a, this is Hangman Country sign and decides to cut a promo on Hangman. Apparently the, the, the promo was unscripted. Apparently the promo was off the cuff. And later on he did apologize via text message, supposedly, to Hangman Adam Page. 
Now, I've seen this footage. I've heard this footage. If I'm being 100% honest with you, if, to me, in my opinion, it just seemed like CM Punk was just looking to have fun and have heat with the crowd. Because he's really enjoying this John Cena thing. This this yay and nay pop, right? Because he's getting it, which is I don't think it's a bad thing, right? So, with that being said, it was still unnecessary and it was foolish. Now, according to reports... Because there's so, there's so much shit here. According to reports, CM Punk has been more than willing to meet with the Elite to solve all these issues. The Elite want nothing to do with CM Punk. Which is amazing how these motherfuckers just signed contracts to be with the company, keep their EVP status, and you're still children. This is what EVP is, I'm sorry. Anyone who's been a manager at a job, and I don't care if you're a super elite fan, super punk fans, you guys can fuck off if you're not going to be reasonable. And I mean that. If you've been a manager at a job, despite what you liked or did not like, you had to swallow a lot of shit you probably did not want to swallow. And the fact of the matter is, they are managers. I remember when Cody Rhodes had his interview with, C- with uh, not CM Punk, with uh, Steve Austin. And he said, technically I was Arn Anderson's boss, but Arn would, give me, Arn would tell me stuff all the time. And honestly, the stuff that he said, Arn, the stuff he revealed that Arn would say to him, Arn wasn't wrong. Cody Rhodes was way too giving in AEW, way too fucking giving. Did he have some classic matches? Yeah, I think he. I, I think um, he started AEW his career, AEW career with a classic match against his brother Dustin, which is which I think was five stars from Dave Meltzer. If that means something to you, and he, his last match in AEW was against Sammy Guevara that ladder match. I think that was another. I think that. Meltzer get five stars as well. I think it was another classic match. He went, he came in with a bang and left with a bang. And he said, yeah, technically I was his boss, but like, this is Arn Anderson. So why wouldn't I listen to him? These two, and once again, you know, and you know what? And this is just my thing. Hangman has been a non-factor since he started this whole thing. That's the thing that we keep forgetting. Hangman started this whole thing. Would it be drama with CM Punk? Sure. It's CM Punk. He's very polarizing. He has his opinions, and he feels a certain way, right? But my thing is this. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, you are the bosses. You should be willing to sit down and talk. Doesn't mean you have to work with them. They really do not actually have to work with them. Will they work with them at some point? Yes, they will. But they really don't have to work with him at this point. But you should definitely have a sit-down. 100% have a sit-down. But, like I said, just for me, armchair coaching, it genuinely seemed like CM Punk just saw the just saw the sign and said, fuck it, let's have some fun. So, yes, this was completely unnecessary. It was stupid. Then there's more drama. Because, of course, then CM Punk and apparently Jack Perry had an argument, supposedly. So, essentially, Jack Perry was supposed to do a, a spot where uh, he was going to break his hand through some glass. Now, some real glass. Now, we've seen this before in a stupid fashion. When Goldberg broke, some gla- broke his hand on some glass and then he was out for months. And supposedly ruined a bunch of different fucking plans, which... If you ask Goldberg, that's not the truth. If you ask everyone else in, in WCW at the time, whether you believe Kevin Nash, whether you believe Eric Bischoff, whether you believed Scott Hall, 
whether you believed anybody who was a part of that storyline, everyone has been very consistent with Goldberg was stupid. He shouldn't have done this. This was what this was leading to. To Goldberg saying it was leading to nothing. But the point of it is, supposedly, Jack Perry wanted to use real glass. CM Punk was then sent because supposedly Jack Perry wasn't listening to officials, which I don't know if I believe that part. He just wasn't blatantly listening to officials. I don't know if that's a thing. But okay. And Punk went to go talk to him about it. And then supposedly Punk's like, hey, that's, that's not safe. We can't do it. We got to use, you know, plexiglass or fake stuff, you know. And apparently him and Jack Perry had an argument and Jack Perry left. Apparently Matt Hardy was sent home from collision tapings two weeks ago. I don't think I've ever heard Matt Hardy badmouth CM Punk at all. So I don't know why this was a story. But apparently Daniels was sent home because he's head of creative. But, you know, he was on this side, air quotes, no air quotes, no air quotes, of the, of the elite. This is an entire shit show. And I would love to blame Tony Khan for it. Here's the thing, though. Isn't, wasn't there just reports months ago that it was TNT that wanted to bring CM Punk back and make the collision show the CM Punk show? So how much say does Tony Khan have? I don't know. But I guarantee you he has enough say to say, hey, I'm cutting your motherfucker's paychecks. CM Punk, you sit down here. Elite, you sit down here. And we hash the shit out. We don't have to get you guys to work together anytime soon. F ever. But we can't have this. This is just causing the division. A divide. But this is not surprising. So I, I literally, I've never done this before in the history of the show. I literally messaged all, I think I counted, I lost count at 102, but I think it was a little bit more than that. I messaged all 102 plus people back, said, yet yeah, no. Yet yeah, no. Because it's not surprising. The fact that you guys were surprised is surprising. This is just what it is. And this is when you do, when you have these type of falling. Let me tell you guys, let me tell you guys, guys a real story. Long time ago, I had a friend, female, keep her name out of it. We were always friends, nothing more. That was it, right? So make, I need to make that clear. So I was going through a really hard time in life. So I messaged her just to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to be off the grid for a while, you know, and I'm just not in a place to talk so about it. Because she was one of those talkers. She needed to talk everything out because she needed to, because she needed to understand and she couldn't understand. She's like, I don't get this. This makes no sense to me. And so even though we were friends for years, she, I, I just wasn't play. I, but I wanted to say specifically to her and two other people because I was really close to them at the time. Yo, like, I'm just, I'm off the map. You know, I got to be off the map. I'm just not having a good time, not having a great time. So a year goes by. I message her and say, hey, you just, you know, I'm back on the map. I had a lot of things to work out in my head, but I'm, I'm, I'm back and better than ever, you know. So she's like, she's like, cool, give me a call, give me a call. Call her, we're talking. By that time, she had had twins. I said, oh my God, congratulations, that's awesome, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I had grown in that year, more importantly. she, Her life had changed in that year, my life had changed, I had grown in that year. And I am very uh, unfortunate and fortunate to, to have had, I have two friends currently that I've known for 20 plus years. That's a very rare thing, right? And our, our relationships have had to evolve for us to still be friends. And the one thing I, I want to say about that is 
you're going to have ups and downs. And I guess you have to learn how to either deal with some parts of people's personalities or and they have to deal with some parts of yours. Or you just don't bring those things up. So I knew how she was. She wanted you to explain yourself. At that time, I was not explaining myself. I, to this day, I still live by that code. I don't explain myself to anybody. If I want to do something, I do it. And you either support me or you stay out of my fucking way. So we're talking. And, he, and, she, and I asked her about her husband. Can't remember her husband's name. Uh, really nice guy, though. And uh, she, she said that... Um, he feels stressed out. I said, well, yeah, he has three women in his life now. <laughs> it's a lot of estrogen, you know? And she was like, that's not funny. And I was like, whoa, what do you mean? She was like, until you explain yourself to me, I'll never forget these texts. I'll never forget the words. Until you explain these texts to me in your last, the last year of your life, our relationship is different. You can't joke. I was like, well, okay, sorry for the joke, but like, that wasn't a joke. He is doing a lot of estrogen now. So I'm like, why wouldn't he... It wasn't a joke. So then she tried to just pick the conversation back up, but then she had triggered me. She said, you have to explain yourself. Just, and let me stop you right there. I'm not explaining myself to anybody anymore. Never again, unless I want to, unless I choose to. And then um, I, said, I, I said, right now, I said, you are right. Our relationship has changed. And so we need to figure that out. I said, I'll talk to you later. Hung up. Never talked to her again. I blocked her after that. Um, and she didn't do anything after that. I just hung up, looked at my phone, block. Point of me saying this is, is that that relationship I clearly didn't want to work on. And I actually don't have any regrets to this day. But I wasn't working with this person. I knew I didn't have to see this person ever again in life. These four people, five people, excuse me, work in the same company. Apparently, which I didn't even know this, but the Wrestling Observer reported that, um, supposedly... FTR and the Bucks had issues. I don't know what these issues were. I'm going to assume they were based off the CM Punk brawl out thing. But apparently, the, whatever issues that they had with the Elite, they all talked about it. And if we're being fair, I don't think FTR ever made out. It's very rare for... This, the fact that Cash Wheeler even got in trouble was crazy. But, like, he doesn't even really talk. He barely talks. That's why when he was so animated um, a couple weeks ago when they defended the Tag Team Championships in that one-hour match, and he was, like, yelling in the camera, I was like, wow, this dude, he's intense, you know? I was like, that's awesome, you know? But the fact that, like, he was, like, that intense is rare. That's usually a thing for Dax. So whatever this is going to be, this has to end because we're only going to get more reports. And I will say this. I don't know if Christopher Daniels was on the side of the elite, but it sounds like from all the reports we got last year, and this will mark a fucking year in two weeks, Jesus Christ, Daniels was just breaking shit up. But more importantly, he's your head of creative or direct, whatever the fuck his title is. He's the head. He's, he's in the office. Like, legit, do not put these people in positions to fail. If you guys know that the Collision Show is going to be CM Punk show, and, any, and, and he's going to have an issue with it, just let it be. Now, if Punk is going to be on Dynamite, he needs to go fuck himself. He shouldn't. He should not have that much power to be kicking people off shit if they're just doing their goddamn job, no matter how hurt he is. Because I have a spoiler alert. If CM Punk is going to 
want to sit down with them whenever they choose to forgive him. And also, let's make this fucking clear. When you are the one that makes the mistake, you don't get to choose when people forgive you. Don't make the mistake. But more importantly, you can't just go around telling people that they need to be sent home while they're doing their fucking job. That's ridiculous. So whatever these reports are, there's smoke to it. We all know it. Even if Punk won't admit it, but we all know it. We just need to calm the fuck down. And these adults that are making millions of dollars need to sit. Those are my only comments on that shit. We are moving on and we're going to move on with positivity on this show. Because one of the biggest shows ever is happening in one week's time. That's the focus. Rant over. Sticking with AEW. So, told you, AEW, they had a lot of shit. Um, we're going to do all-in predictions right now. Because it feels like the card is uh, essentially being kind of... We don't know everything's happening on the zero hour. Uh, but I, I, it doesn't really matter. Let's just get to it. So on the zero hour, the one thing we do know is that Adam Cole and MGF will challenge Aussie Open for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. I'm going with Aussie Open to retain. This is clearly... A storyline driven match. I know everyone is so frustrated by whether it's the creative direction of All In or whether it's Cole and MJF being on the uh, pre show. Look here. This is clearly building up to their match. They're not going on until the main event. I think it's. It, it can. I think it could be bad. It could, or it, could, it could be a catastrophe if someone gets hurt. But I'm going to believe it's not going to happen. We're going to see this storyline play out. And we're going to see it come to some type of crescendo uh, at the end of the night. So I'm going to stick with Aussie Open retaining the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. MJF versus Adam Cole for the World Heavyweight Championship, the main event. This does look like a weak card on, on record. There is no Willow Nightingale on this card. There is no Ricky Starks because Ricky Starks is now managing fucking Big Bill, which is annoying. Um, matter of fact, let's, before we get to the predictions, let's, let's get to all. Let's get to Collision. So Ricky Starks announced he is, he is managing Big Bill. Why he won't be on this card is beyond me. Where is Willow Nightingale? I don't want to hear she's in some New Japan show. Why is she not around? Why we only have one fucking women's match on this card so far? These things are completely unacceptable. I thought I was done ranting. Apparently I'm fucking not. So I just had to get that out though. Um, either way, Punk... He dressed up as the golden vampire. He hit a knee to the face and a go to sleep, which I guess is the same fucking thing. Um, but he had a knee to the face in the corner on Samoa Joe. Laid Samoa Joe out, unveiled the mask, said that he accepts. So now Samoa Joe versus CM Punk is officially all in. Darby Allen defeated Christian in a really good match. At the end of it, it was a weird spot, though, where... Darby, I, he sh- I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if this was a mess up. I don't know if this was supposed to look the way it looked. It looked really fucking weird, though. But essentially, Darby on had Christian in the ring. Christian rolls to the apron. Darby on, I guess, doesn't see this or he sees it. I don't know. Either way, he jumps, on the, jumps to do a coffin drop on the apron. Luchasaurus pulls Christian away. The ref sends Luchasaurus away. Christian ends up getting pinned due to, a, uh, I believe, a roll up. At the end of it, Luchasaurus lays out Darby Allen. Christian, then they beat him up. Then 
they make Tony Schiavone count a three count um, because reasons. Um, but yeah, that was that's pretty much what all that was on Collision. Miro and Hobbs is official for All Out, so that's gonna be awesome to see these two uh, get a, get a spot, and it'll be a spot on. I can't say the biggest show of the year anymore, but it, one of the biggest shows of the year. Um, also, AEW taped uh, Rampage after Collision this week because they're gonna be traveling overseas, obviously, or be overseas by that time. But um, now let's get to. I will say this. It looks like they're building to a House of Black versus the acclaimed and uh, return of uh, Billy Gunn on um, at All In for the Trios Championships. That's what it looks like. It is. I'm gonna say that's that's going to be a match. Uh, House of Black have had a the longest reign with the Trios Championships. They've defended them. If this match takes place, though, I'm thinking. At least for Wembley, and they could just trade them back the next week. I'm thinking if this match happens, the acclaimed and daddy ass, they get the trios championships. They and they have a feel good moment in front of all those people. So I'm going to say if the match happens there, I have them winning. If the match happens at all in, I mean, excuse me, at all out, I have them retaining. Anyways, Adam Cole, MJF, the main event of this thing. Think about where Adam Cole was just a year ago, he was on the sidelines. Career-threatening concussion. MJF's creative plans were being thrown in a, a, a fucking mess. Now we have these two in the main event at a huge pay-per-view with the hottest storyline in this company about the most important thing, which is the World's Heavyweight Championship. I don't know where this is going to go. I, and honestly, this is the hardest match to predict, which I love. Because at first when I saw it, I was like, oh, man, MJF is going to win. But it doesn't have to be so cut and dry. The when MJF had him sign that contract and Adam Cole did not sign that and look read that contract, this thing can go a number of ways. We can have Robert Strong come and screw Adam Cole, and then MJF can say, "Hey, I, I can't do it. You didn't read the contract, my friend. There's no rematch clause for you." Or if MJF loses, you can say, "Yeah, you have to, you have to look at that. I have a rematch next week." And then you can have Adam Cole end up losing it at all out. This one's tough because whoever I say I don't, I won't believe. I won't believe it. This is one of those matches I have to see it to believe it. But I definitely won't believe it. But I definitely won't believe it until I see it. You know what I'm saying? So, so right now, because all out is one week later, and there's no clear direction for a main event there, do I think people will pay? Two straight pay-per-views to see Adam Cole's MJF main event. AEW diehards, yes. But this is not about AEW diehards. So I'm going to say MJF wins and retains. And then at All Out, we get Adam Cole versus Roderick Strong. Stadium Stampede. Eddie Kingston. The Best Friends. Orange Cassidy. The Lucha Brothers versus the Blackpool Combat Club of Yuta, Moxley, and Claudio versus three mystery partners. I have no clue who these three mystery partners is. I'm going to say, because Blackpool Combat Club just went through this at Blood and Guts. They can't play nice with anybody. So I have to go with the good guys. Because <laughs> Blackpool Combat Club doesn't have any fucking friends. <laughs> so there you go. 
Sting and Darby Allen versus Swerve and AR Fox in the coffin match. Sting and Ar- Darby Allen are undefeated, so Sting and Darby Allen, that's a no, that's a no-brainer. Samoa Joe versus CM Punk for the real world championship. Punk wins more decisively. For the women's championship, the only fucking women's match on this fucking card for some striking fucking reason. You have Sheeta defending versus Britt Baker, Marilyn Monroe, I mean Tony Storm, and Soraya. I have uh, Sheeta retaining this championship. Mainly because even if I want Tony Storm to win, I can't let her win. She's too good in this role of Marilyn Monroe. So let's we need to keep that going. FTR versus the Young Bucks. FTR retains. There's no reason for the Bucks to just jump back into the tag team division when... I think two matches and somehow won the tag team titles. Now, if they win the tag team titles, it's because FTR is being punished for what just happened to Cash Wheeler. But because there's no information now as of right now, no definitive information, I'm going with FTR to retain because I just don't think it makes sense for... This is the match that needs to happen because it's the biggest match. But I just don't think that the Bucks should get the tag team championships back for a third time for no reason. Will Ospreay versus Chris Jericho in a match that was supposed to supposedly happen in 2021. Not match I would have Osprey in, but Osprey's here. So let's say this this will be the best match Jericho will have had in a while. I want to say since his Ring of Honor run, since he when he was Ring of Honor World Champion. So Osprey wins and gives Jericho a classic match in the process. And finally, the Golden Elite will battle the Black. Uh, Blackpool Combat Club will battle the Bullet Club Gold members and Takeshita. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the heels winning because I believe Omega Takeshita is going to happen at All Out, and that's why Omega will beat Takeshita. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the heels winning this one. And those are your picks for All In. Hope you guys enjoy the pay per view. I really do. We have a lot more in the show to come, but I hope you guys really do enjoy the pay-per-view and enjoy um, history because that, that's what this is about. Dynamite, still sticking with AEW here. Eddie Kingston returned, challenge, made the challenge to the Blackpool Combat Club Stadium Stampede. Joker Sting did return to torment the Mogul affiliates. The Bucks beat the guns. Also, where's Wardlow? Why is Wardlow not on his motherfucking show? Where is these people? Jesus Christ. Britt Baker wins, and she is officially all in. We already talked about that. I should have done this notes before I did that. Sorry, I'm out of sorts now because I keep ranting. And MJ, I will say this. MJF's promo was fantastic. That was a fantastic promo by MJF. I guess we have WWE news now. How about that? Five, what, 34 minutes in, we have AEW. Uh, we're done with AEW. I know you guys love that. Um, Lacey Evans is officially gone from WWE. Her contract has uh, run out. Um, I'm assuming her contract just ran out, so there's no... Uh, 90 day expiration clause. Um, I, I don't know if this is true or not. Someone sent me a picture of her in a bra and panties. So they said she has an OnlyFans. Um, I don't know if that's true, but I mean, it wouldn't be surprising. And then who says she would have to get nude? Tony Storm said, doesn't Tony Storm still have OnlyFans as well? So it's like not that big of a deal, you know, if she has one. And most people think she's a sexy woman. So, like, why shouldn't she make money off it? I was just having this conversation with someone the other day. Well, I see celebrities like Hope Bill and all these fitness models and stuff like that who now can actually show their boobs and they get paid for it. I mean, they're probably making $200 a pop for those boob pics. So, like, okay, okay, you know, like, who cares, you know? Um, Her run was very lackluster. 
<laughs> Lacey Evans, to say the least. Um, she got moved up too soon. They saw big things in her. Vince Chloe saw big things in her because she's blonde, big breast. Um, I, I, that was clearly a mistake. And when we get when we get the the shoot interview from her, I'm sure she'll say the same. Because I remember when they brought her up, I was like, why? Wow, she hasn't done anything in NXT. Why is she being brought up? And not only did they bring her up, they brought her up and put her right into a world championship match with the the, the hottest thing going, which was Becky Lynch at the time. So yeah, she she it was too much too soon. And then they kept trying to repackage her. And no, and then the stuff that that was good that when they repackaged her, they cut out. Like when she did, I remember when she first came. Oh, she first came back. She came back one of the million times she came back, and um, she was just telling her story, and it was like this in-depth type of thing that they've done before, and I thought it was pretty cool. And then she came back, and she was a heel, but she was supposed to be a face, and they didn't know what to do with her. And who knows? It could have been her backstage attitude. Look here. We heard a ton of rumors about Emma when she got cut the first time was that she didn't want to do the gimmick and she didn't want to be sexy and blah, blah, blah. And I believe they ended up giving that gimmick to somebody else or whatever. But um, we, we're going to hear their side of the story as well, I'm sure. But yeah, it was too much too soon, honestly. I wasn't a fan. But it's because she needed more work. She needed more polish. Raw. Sonya is out. And Piper Niven is tagged in as officially one half of the new tag team champions. Um, they didn't do a tournament. They just had Piper Niven beat up some people and say, I'm your new, your, your new partner. Good to have Piper Niven back. I'll say that. Judgment Day lays out Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn. And I, I wrote this note down. For all the talent that WWE has, it feels like AEW and WWE, boy, oh, boy, at least AEW doesn't have this, don't run the same matches back over and over again. Didn't we see Cody versus Finn Balor or whoever? Like, we keep seeing the same regurgitated matches. And here's the thing. I obviously like Cody. I like the Judgment Day. They're all over the place as of right now. But, like, can't we get somebody else in there to feud with them? Like, just to join the feud and they maybe beat them down? I don't I don't know. I, it just feels weird. It just feels like we're doing the same thing every week. Chad Gable wins a match. He will face Gunther. On Monday night for the Intercontinental Championship. That will be a hell of a match. I'm looking forward to watching that match. That match should be fire, son, as a kid said. Finally, SmackDown. Austin Theory is the new number one contender for the United States Championship. After his match with uh, LA Knight, saw The Miz come in and interfere and screw LA Knight out of the match. So we're going to get, looks like payback will be LA Knight versus The Miz. Uh, Austin Theory versus Rey Mysterio. I have Rey Mysterio still winning that, but this I truly believe Santos Escobar is gonna fuck over Rey Mysterio. That I have to you have to believe that's coming. You have to see that that's the thing that's coming. It has to be right. Damage Control lost to uh, Charlotte Flair and Bianca Belair, and and what Edge just said was his last match on his contract. Him and Sheamus had a barn burner, as the kids say. I don't think the kids say that. The old heads say that. Um, they had a great match. Um, they hugged afterwards. Edge got the win. Uh, very emotional. Best Phoenix. Very emotional crowd. Um, he says he does not know what's next. Um, he, needs, he needs to sit with his family and talk about what they want him to do. Um, there are rumors that Edge would had used AEW as leverage before, which he should have. Um, there's a great possibility that he could show up in AEW. You know, because people don't think he's actually done wrestling, but he might just be done. And it also depends on the things creatively. Now, I will say this for Edge. And I've made it 100% clear how I was never much of a fan of his. 
Um, now for Christian. Christian's always been my favorite tag team. Um, but there's no denying this guy, where this guy came from and how and where this guy um, has been. The work he put in to get back. And if you think about the full circle he had moment. I'm one of the few people to say that I was lucky enough to be out at the WrestleMania. My first WrestleMania ever I went to, WrestleMania 27. Where that was his retirement match at the time. Which no one knew. And then I just so happened to... And I might, at that time, in 2019, I wasn't really reading the dirt sheets. I had no clue. Edge. I, I, I was sitting next to people who were expecting Edge to be. I saw people with Edge. I was like, wow, someone is a real Edge fan. That's pretty cool, you know? And then to see Edge come back, I was at 2020's Royal Rumble when that happened. My first thought was, oh, I had no clue. I wasn't even on the computer. I wasn't, I just, I was so busy with school and work. I just wasn't online like that. And so I had no clue that was a rumor. But then to see it come full circle to where the reason why Edge felt, I don't know if you guys know this story. I don't know if I ever told this on my podcast. But Seamus has a dope uh, YouTube channel, right? And what made Edge think he could come back was he was riding bikes with Edge. Now, the, the point of the, uh, the the YouTube channel is Seamus has his own workout regimen. He does, on his show, he brings on a, a specific talent and he does their workout regimen, right, to see if he can actually do it. And he had Edge on. And Edge was uh, riding his bike and they were both riding bikes and Edge fell. And you see this. You see this on the show. Check his YouTube channel out. It's called the Celtic Workouts or something like that. And he fell. And you know, Shane was like, dude, are you okay? Blah, blah, blah. Send the third. It's like, yeah, I'm fine. And, and Edge said that was the first time he realized, wait a second, that didn't hurt. Like before that would hurt. And he was like, hmm. And it sparked him saying, maybe, maybe I can come back. And that's when he started going to doctors. He started working out. And if I will say this, he he his second run, he was in phenomenal. He's in phenomenal shape. Dude has a six pack. Dude got everything going. He looks fantastic. Make this clear. And once again, even though it wasn't one of my favorites, it was good to see him back and see his reaction. Where I was sitting at was right next. I specifically had tickets where it was four rows from the front. And right next to uh, the railing, and I saw his reaction. You see him shocked. You see his face. He's, he's like, he couldn't believe he was back. But that moment, the Sheamus was the first time he, he said to himself, I can come back and do this. So for him to have, which he told the story two weeks ago, which was a great full circle moment because without Sheamus having, with him, without Sheamus saying, hey, Edge, let's do this. We probably don't get Edge coming back. And I and for all my complaints, the fact that we were able to get a trilogy of matches with him and Seth Rollins, where Seth Rollins had that great home invasion angle where he ate food and it was the uninvited guest. We had the stack and pack of his main event with Roman Reigns and Brian Danielson. And that match with Sheamus. There's other things too, but the fact that we saw those things was pretty cool. So I can say that. Um... And in honor of that, I have a top seven list for Edge. Nothing, no specific order, but I wanted to end the show on positivity because we started it with such a negativity. And this is a positive story. You see his two daughters. You see his wife. They're super emotional. I don't think he's retiring. I definitely think... 
I think there's a good chance we might see Edge and Christian in AEW. Now, we won't see Edge. We'll see like, Adam Copeland. Because even uh, Jim Ross dropped Edge's name on Collision last night, which I was like, mm, mm, can he do that? <laughs> you know? But um, either way, it actually, I don't need to see him wrestle anymore. But the fact that he was able to do this is awesome. So I have top seven list. Number seven is King of, is King of the Ring win in 2001. Which, that is a classic match, the finals he had with Kurt Angle. Think about this. Think about the night Kurt Angle had that night. He had two matches for King, because he was trying to uh, defend his King of the Ring title. He won a semifinal match, and he had a final match against Edge. He also had a match against Shane McMahon that was a brutal, brutal match. And then him and uh, Edge went, like, I think another 10 to 15 minutes of just, it was, they had, it was great. And Edge ends up getting the win. Number six, his his greatest foil, his greatest opponent, John Cena. Uh, I just said feuding with John Cena. That by far was his greatest his, his greatest uh, feud. The things he was able to do, the way he was able to be a heel, and play off of John Cena was great. Number five, his WrestleMania main event with the Undertaker, which. Rumor has it, and, and I think I think Undertaker has even said this. He wanted to lose the Edge. He wanted that to be. He wanted Edge to be the one to take the streak first. Like no, excuse me. He wanted Mark Henry to take it first, but then when that didn't happen, he wanted Edge to take it. And Edge refused because of his respect for the Undertaker. So Edge won. I mean, excuse me, uh, Undertaker won. But it was a great main event. Great main event. Number four, TLC WrestleMania 17. Some would say this is the greatest TLC match of all time. It's your opinion. Not my business. Uh, I think it's one of the most fun matches you'll ever see. With the spear on Jeff Hardy. Um, off the ladder. With uh, Lita hitting uh, Spike with a chair in the game 3 d And the commentary between Jim Ross and Paul Heyman was fantastic. Um, and then, of course, Edge and Christian, because they won all those matches, <laughs> they won that match. Number three, the first one to cash in Money in the Bank, and the way he did it was so dastardly. The way he did it after John Cena was bloody and battered after a Elimination Chamber match. And if you read Vince McMahon's lips as Edge is handing him the contract, he says, don't prove me wrong. Which means McMahon was probably the only person that wanted him to cash in and actually win the match. And Ed, even though Edge's run only, I think it's the first run only lasted three weeks. And he lost it right back to John Cena. Uh, which he said would make him pretty pissed off. Which is why he ended up going out there to have the match that he had with uh, Mick Foley. At that, at, the, at, the, at that year's WrestleMania. Which, hmm. Match of the month idea right there. You need to keep that in mind. Um, it was a, a moment that would never be surpassed. As far as like for a first title rank. Well... Well, I say that first for a first title reign and a first cash-in. Seth Rollins wasn't the first one to cash-in. <laughs> so just make that clear. Um, Edge wins the first money in the bank. Won it almost a year before prior at WrestleMania. And number one, Edge's return at the 2020 Royal Rumble. So I just wanted to end on some positivity. You know, because I feel like I didn't know what to expect from this show, honestly. As the week was going on, I was like, man, probably got to talk about the CM Punk thing. Probably a good idea. Then the cash ruler thing happens. I guess I got to talk about this too. 
And then I thought about how looking at looking at the the match with Edge and Sheamus and seeing how hard they were hitting, seeing how this just a full circle moment. It it just even for someone who's not a big fan of Edge, it made me happy for the Edge fans. It made me happy for Edge. And I was just like, man, that's what if his career did end, fucking way to go. I don't think it's over, but if it does, what a way to go. So thank you, Edge, for your moments. Happy you're back. Uh, and happy, more importantly, that you are going out the way you want to go out. I am the Slow Chemical. This is your Monday show. Check me out this Wednesday where we have the creator and writer of Crit, C-R-I-T, Michael Saloff, on the show. Talk to you guys next Monday for your all-in all review. And we're out.